This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, this is Trey Johnson. Thank you so much for allowing us to come into your home today. This is Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. That's, that's me. And what a privilege and honor it is to get into God's Word tonight. And, you know, in everything that we do, we want you to know God and we want you to be the best you that you can be. And that means in all walks of life, because where does, where does that come from? It comes from the character and nature of God that you and I were made in the image and likeness of God. And God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make failures. He doesn't make mistakes. That you are on the heart of God. And we've been talking about redeeming to run. That you and I, we are redeemed by Jesus Christ to run our race. You know, not too long ago, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ and, and what took place on the cross and what took place at the burial and what took place whenever He was resurrected. He redeemed you and I so we could be the best us we could be. And so if you haven't been a part of the show the past couple of weeks, maybe you're just tuning in for the first time, I want to encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, subscribe to that, get caught up of where we're at because you and I are redeemed. And tonight we're going to talk about running our race and you and I being true to who God has called and created us to be because we were delivered from the power of darkness, brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of God is, is wanting to inspire you to run your race, that you're not average or you're not supposed to just walk. You're not supposed to just stroll. You're, you're supposed to run. You and I are created by God to run with grace and faith and purpose and destiny. So let's get into God's Word tonight and let's learn how to do this. Uh, if you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation, verses 24 through 26. And this is a very familiar Scripture, but I would like you to follow along with us here. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Notice this is your race. This is God's Word speaking to us. And He's saying, I'm, I'm talking to you. Let's, let's picture that it's just us and God right now. And he's saying, I, I need you to run your race. I, there's a reason why Jesus uh, died on the cross. There's a reason why he made the enemy to nothing. First John 3, 8 says, for this purpose, the son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. There's a, there's a reason that you're redeemed, not just so you can go to heaven. That's a great thing that we're going to spend eternity with God. But here on earth, we are redeemed to run. And he says, I need you to run your race, your race. And he goes on to say, to make it yours. Now, every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. Notice that. I don't run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. Now, for some reason, when I read that the, about the, the beating the arrow, shadow boxing, when I was a young kid, you know, I'd be warming my horse up and stuff and riding around there. And, and I remember my dad saying, would you quit looking at your shadow? Would you quit looking at your shadow? Because I would look, you know, see how I looked in the shadow. Maybe you've done that before. If not, well, enjoy the story with me, will you? <laughs> but what it makes me think of, of, of us chasing our shadow or us looking at our shadow or, or a boxer that's, that's beating the air. Yeah, he might have a lot of activity. He might even work up a sweat, 
but it's to no purpose. It's to no aim. He says, I don't want to do something without definite aim. And God is saying, I need you and I want you to run your race. You're redeemed to run. You're redeemed to run. Now, it's very important for you and I to just step back for a moment and realize that God did not create us to be somebody else. He didn't create me to be you or you to be me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, when they compare themselves with themselves, it's not wise. I want to encourage you tonight to get free from the fear of what other people think about you. I know we want people to like us and all that good stuff, but when it comes down to it, we're not here to please people. We are here to please God. And I want to encourage you to make a decision tonight. I'm going to please God. If that's all you get out of tonight's message and you make that quality decision that from here for the rest of my life, I am going to please God. I I settled it on the inside of me years ago that if I made that decision, if I was pleasing to God, then I would be pleasing to the right people. I want to read a a few scriptures to you here about pleasing God and, and not pleasing man and Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, he says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. In John chapter 12, verse 42 and 43, it says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than than the praise of God. Now let's get, let's get serious here just with ourselves and where we're at in our life and, and, and be real with ourselves. Do I care more about what people think of me or do I care more about what God thinks of me? Remember, you are redeemed by Almighty God to run your race and we want to make the decision, I want to please God. Well, what are some things that please God? Hebrews eleven six 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. But those who come to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. It takes faith to please God. Make a decision. Say it on the inside. I'm going to please God, and I'm, I'm going to get free from wanting to please man over God. Proverbs 29, 25, it says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. I want to read it again. A fear, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. You know, us wanting to please people can pull us off of our course. Remember, what are we talking about tonight? Be true to who God has called and created you to be. Run your race with purpose, with definite aim. Don't, don't shadow box any longer. If, if Remember last week we talked out of John chapter 20 when Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and she saw something that nobody else saw. And what happened? She began to run and she went and told Peter and, and John. And what began to happen? They began to run. And you and I are redeemed to run. And when we begin to see ourselves from God, God's perspective, it's going to inspire us in spirited. It's going to do something on the inside of us that it's going to empower us to run our race, not somebody else's race, our race. Be you. Your gift is given to you by God for you to be you, not to be somebody else. Go after God and be you. One guy said, I I heard him uh, make this statement. He said, you know, at 20 years old, we're thinking, I wonder what everybody else is thinking of me. He said, then you get 40 years old and then you realize that, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks about me. 
He says, then you get into your 60s, which I'm not there yet, into your 60s, and then you realize nobody was ever thinking about you. <laughs> so if we can get free from what other people are thinking about us all the time, then it causes us to go after God and make a decision. You know what? I want to please God. And how am I going to please God? I'm going to please God by faith is one way. Another way that I'm going to please God, 1 Corinthians 12, 18, it says that it pleases God to place us in a certain place place in the body of Christ. It's pleasing when we get connected to the right people. You know there's a ministry that God has called you to connect to. You know there's apostles and prophets and pastors, teacher, evangelists that God has designed Himself that are going to help mature you and, and get the Word through them to you to help you lift your thinking and your believing. It pleases God when we're connected to the right relationships. Say, I want to please God. I want to please God. You know, just because God has a race for you to run, just because God has a plan for your life, you know it's still up to you and I to choose that plan. I want to read a few scriptures. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 in the Amplified, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Notice this. He says, before I formed you in the womb. Who formed you? God did. He says, I knew and I approved of you as my chosen instrument. Before you were born, I separated, I set you apart, consecrating you and appointed you. He's appointed you to be something. He's gifted you to be something. He has anointed you to be someone. You were chosen by God. You were appointed by God. You were set apart by God. Before you were ever in the womb, God already knew what you were created to do. Proverbs 19, 21 says, That purpose that comes from God, it remains forever. Now, just because there's a plan and just because there's a purpose and just because God created you for something doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to walk in that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, which He prepared uh, ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. So He said, what happens whenever you ask Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior? You're recreated on the inside. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new is coming. When you reconnect to your source who is God, what you're really created for starts coming alive. Those passions start coming alive. Those gifts start coming alive. That, uh, that desire to know God and be your best, it starts coming alive. He says, now I've got a, a plan that I've already prepared. I've already got a good life set out for you, but it's up to you to take it. It's up to you to choose it. It's, it's not just going to happen. Remember, he says, I formed you and I appointed you and I anointed you and I chose you as my instrument and I've got a good plan, but you've got to choose it. You've got to choose it. Romans chapter 11 Verse 29, very familiar scripture, but I just want to read it again right here. In the Amplified, it says, For God's gifts and His call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given, and He does not change His mind about those whom He gives His grace or to whom He sends His call. He's saying each of you, now these are proven studies, each person have gifts on the inside of them. Now, there, there are gifts, there are calls. He says that 
I don't change my mind. Once I place them in you, I don't change my mind what I created you for. When I wired you, I don't change my mind. When I graced you, I don't change my mind. But just because God called you to do something and gifted you to do something doesn't necessarily mean it's just going to happen. You still have to choose to be chosen. Remember Matthew 22, verses 14, he says, Many are called, but few are chosen. And he had just got through telling the story about how this, how this king prepared this table for, for his son and the wedding feast. And he goes to invite people and he calls them. The word call means to summon. It means to invite. In other words, God is saying, when I put a gift in you, I call you. I invite you. I summons you to be everything you're called and created to be. And he, he said, whenever I gave out this invitation for this banquet, and I had everything at this banquet, he he says, but people started taking it lightly. People started giving me this excuse. Well, I just, you know, I just bought a farm. I need to go take care of my farm. Or I just bought a horse. I need to, I'm Johnson paraphrasing it now. You know, I just bought a cow. I need to go check my cow. I just, you know, made the soccer team. I need to go play soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever it is. We started, in the Amplified, it says they took it lightly. Are you taking what God has created you to do lightly? He says, and he finally got to the point, the ones who took it lightly, he says, you let them know that I invited them. But there's coming a time that they're not going to be able to enter in because they took it too lightly. I want you to hear what's on the heart of God right now because each and every one of us are going to stand before God with the gifts and callings that He placed on the inside of us. Listen, listen. You are gifted by God. You are appointed by God. You are called by God. You are designed by God. And if you spend your whole life listening to what everybody else thinks about you, you know what? You will live in a state of confusion and you won't know who you are. You won't know whether you're a boy or a girl or a man or a woman or what this is or what that is because everybody has their opinion. You know what? And you have your opinion not to listen to their opinion if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Every one of us will stand before God. And we won't have no, no excuse. We can't say, God, you didn't give me a gift. God, you didn't give me a grace. God, how come you had a, a good plan for, for Bobo, but you didn't have a good plan for me? God, how, how come? How come it seemed easier for so-and-so? Quit looking at everybody else. How are you doing in your relationship with God? Are you being who God has called and created you to be? Because God is saying, I redeemed you for you to run your race. Not somebody else's race. You are redeemed to, to run. And if you're still breathing, you're not too old. If you're still breathing, you still have a plan. God still has a plan for your life. Let's read this in Romans 14. Romans 14, verse 10. It says, But why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For we will all stand. Not some of us all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Each of us will give an account to God. You're not an exception. I'm not an exception. What are you doing with your gifts? What are you doing with the call? What have you spent enough time in the presence of God? Because He's the one that wired you. He's the one that formed you. He's the one that gifted you. He's the one that graced you. Not your mom, not your dad, not Aunt Boo Boo or Uncle Ding Dong. Nobody else knows why you're here but God. Quit playing with life and quit playing religious and quit playing church. Are you in the game? Have you made a decision? I'm going to please God. I'm going to know God. I'm going to discover my gifts. I'm going to run my race. I am redeemed 
devil, you have no right, no power, no authority to hold me back. I will be everything that God has called and created me to be. Every one of us will stand before Almighty God and there will be no excuses. An excuse in Webster's Dictionary means an invalid reason for neglecting your duty. In other words, there's no good reason for you not doing what God placed in your heart. There's no good reason. We won't get before God and say, God, it was just so hard. That's why I didn't do what I was called to do. <laughs> God, I just didn't have the money. You might not have the money in the natural, but you have God. God, I just had this obstacle and that giant and this one. Listen, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Quit kidding yourself. Quit. Let's tear down the wrong thinking. Every one of us have obstacles. Every one of us have things that, that try to limit us. But we are in the family of Almighty God and Jesus Himself. Mark 9, 23 says, All things are possible if you'll just start believing. All things, all things, all things. We all have a race. We all have a gift. We'll all stand before God. We all have the opportunity to believe. I want to encourage you to run your race and be who God has called you to be. Acts chapter 9. You see this process in, in, in Paul's life. You know, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, but in the beginning, he was persecuting the church. And this is where we pick up this story in Acts chapter 9, that he had, he had had letters and he was, he was, I mean, he was throwing people in prison. They were, he was killing people. I mean, he did not like the Christian faith. And then this is where we pick this up in Acts chapter 9. Let me get over there. Say, run your race. Say, I'm going to please God. Say, I want to be everything He's created me to be. Acts chapter 9, verse 3, it says, So he sojourned and came near to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell into the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goat. So trembling and astonished, said, Lord... What do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Lord, that's the, he had an encounter with God, and he was no longer, he wasn't just this some out there far thing in the pie in the sky. He had an encounter, and it was Lord. He became Lord. The Bible says, All who call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. All who call him Lord, confess him as Lord. That was the, the moment that he was recreated on the inside. And then he goes on, and, and God, through a man, Ananias, lays his hands on him, and he begins to see, and, and God reveals to him what he's called and created to do. And God is no respecter of person. If He wanted to reveal to Paul what He was created to do, He wants to reveal it to you. If He wanted to reveal to Moses and David and, and Isaiah, He wants to do it to you. All it takes is a choice and a decision. God, I, I want to know you. God, I want to run my race. God, I realize that Jesus came more than just me to go to heaven. He wants me to live a redeemed life here and now on this earth. You... Fast forward to Acts 26, and, and Paul had run his race, and he had fulfilled his assignment. Now listen, there was a beginning and there was an end. Jesus is the author, and He is the finisher of our faith. And Paul is standing before the king, who, he, who God said, I'm going to send you to kings. I'm going to send you to, you're going to go through all this stuff, but I, I've got a purpose for you. And Paul's standing before the king and he's replaying the time that he gave his life to the Lord and he accepted Jesus and about how they heard the voice of God and there was this encounter and all that he went through. He says, but I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. In other words, he's saying, 
I never, I didn't disobey what I saw in here. He wasn't talking about what he saw here. He was saying what I saw in here. I wasn't disobedient to what I saw in here. You know, you and I, there are times that we have glimpses of what we're called and created to do before we ever come into the family of God. I remember before I was even saved, you know, sitting there, you know, smoking and drinking all this type of stuff. People say, well, what do you want to do? I think I might want to help some people. What was that? That was the that was the real me. That was the purpose. That was see we have a we have a little bit of insight to what we're on this earth to do. But then when we ask Jesus to come into our heart and we connect to our source, the things that we're created to do comes alive. The giftings come alive. Remember, he says the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And I don't change my mind about anybody, even if we make dumb decisions. <laughs> we've all been there, right? Kind of like belly buttons. We all got one. Well, we've all made some dumb decisions. Ephesians 1.11, it says that God will even take our mistakes and He will turn it around for His purpose because He's that good. But think about Paul. I want you to think about it just like our life. He got saved and he didn't automatically go to the end of his race. There was a process. People think, well, I'm just, I'm going to get saved. And yeah, I might, you might have a, a glimpse of the destiny. Maybe you're a businessman. You have this dream to have this huge corporation that goes around the world. Well, are you faithful where you're at? You know, Revelations 19.11, I want to read that to you. Because this is a very powerful principle. Remember, I'm always asking, what is God wanting us to know tonight? And what is He wanting us to do? What is He wanting us to know that we're redeemed to run our race? What is He wanting us to know that He wants us to be true to who He's designed and called and created us to be? What is He wanting us to know that He doesn't apologize for the way that He made you? In Revelations chapter 19, verse 11, it says, Now I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes a war. Think about that. He who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Notice he was first called Faithful and then True. Why, why is that? Because faithfulness is such a key ingredient in order for us to walk in all that God has for us. See, you and I are called and created to do certain things, and as we're faithful where we're at, we step into the realization, okay, this desire, this passion comes to, to life, and we're, we're faithful. Say faithful, because faithfulness to the truth, you know what it's going to lead to? It's going to lead to freedom. But unfaithfulness to the truth, you know what that's going to lead to? Deception, and deception leads to bondage. So if I'm faithful, I'm going to know the truth, and that truth is going to make me free and set me free, and I'm going to go from faith to faith, glory to glory, freedom to freedom. But if I'm unfaithful to the truth, I'm religious, I'm playing church, I'm just going through the motions, it's going to lead to deception, and deception leads to bondage. Which one do you want, freedom or bondage? <laughs> well, the ball's in our court. What are we going to do with what we're hearing? Paul, he gets saved, and as you track his journey, he wasn't, he wasn't automatically an apostle. It was, a, a pro, it was in him, but he just he was faithful. And he started getting excited right off the bat. He got saved, started telling everybody about Jesus and how God just changed his life. And they were like, oh, yeah, you just tried to kill us. And they, then they tried to kill him, and he'd go to somewhere else. and be like, oh, you just tried to kill us, and he would try to kill them. And so the Bible says the disciples had to lower him out the window because they were waiting to kill him. 
But for the next 14 years, you know what Paul did? He was faithful where he was planted. He went to the desert for three years. He went and spent time with Peter and John and go spend time with the other disciples. And he would learn and he was faithful. He was faithful. He was faithful where he was planted. Be faithful with that dream where you're at right now. Be faithful with the, with the church that you're called to. Be faithful with the ministries you're called to. Be faithful with the gifts that you have. They're your gifts to run your race. But part of it going from faith to faith, getting to the end is being faithful. Faithful. And the devil and people are going to try to pull you off and tell you what they think you should do. And it's great. We need, we need godly wisdom. We need godly counsel. But true godly counsel is going to bear witness with right here in your spirit, man. You're, it's going to be like, yeah, even if your mind on the outside is going, oh, man, I don't know. That's sure out there. That's big. That's a oh. little in here. It'll be. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's right. <laughs> I remember I've told you the story before, but it bears repeating here. I remember when I was fixing to, you know, I went from rodeo and professionally and traveling minister and I was going to shut all that down and I was going to pastor churches, which I did for almost eight years. But before the Lord showed me Peter when he got out of the boat and, and they're, they're having this storm, you know, and Jesus comes walking on the water and, and Peter says, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. And so Jesus said, yeah, that's me. And so come on. And Peter got out of the boat and he's walking on the water and the Lord showed me all the disciples, John, John James, all the people that loved him. Peter, what are you doing? Get back. Back in the boat, you're doing that doesn't look like what you should be doing. We love you. We think we know what's best. But because Peter knew what God had said, he was doing the impossible. <clears throat> and God says, Trey, that's that's what's fixing to happen to you. There's gonna be people that don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. You're gonna you're gonna get rid of all your horses, you're gonna get rid of trucks and trailers, you're gonna get rid of everything you've worked your whole life for. It's not gonna make sense, and they're gonna be yelling, get back in the boat, do what you know to do. You've worked your whole life for this. And sure enough, as soon as I stepped out on the boat, what the Lord was telling me to do of laying all that down, those were my Isaacs. Sure enough, the people around me that thought they knew what was best, they thought they started yelling out. And see, we've got to make a decision. Remember, who am I here to please? Am I here to please God or am I here to please man? Because you know what? You're going to lose some people along the journey of pleasing God, but it's okay. You're going to lose, lose some friends, so to say, on the journey. It's okay. You've got to be willing to let go of the old in order to embrace the new because everything that God has is in front of you is so much better than what was in the past if you're willing to let go of the past and embrace the future. I remember in John chapter 5, and Jesus, He walks through the pool of Bethesda, and there's five points, and there's six uh, sick, paralyzed people all over the place. But He walks to this one man, and He says, Do you want to be made well? And that guy started giving him excuses. Well, I try and this person cuts in front of me. And so, you know, Jesus said, hang on a sec. I, I need you to, to rise. I need you to take up your bed and I need you to walk. In other words, I need you to see yourself getting up. God has something for you, but it's your choice. I need you to see yourself taking up that pad and walking. Don't see yourself laying on the pad any longer. See yourself carrying the pad and walking. Rise, take up your mat and walk. And God is saying to some of you tonight that are watching, I need you to get up on the inside and I need you to see yourself no longer in that condition, but you're above the condition. You're through the condition. The mountain is no longer holding your back. You're speaking to the mountain, going around the mountain, over the mountain, blowing the mountain up. But I need you to arise. I need you to run your race. I need you to realize that God has gifted you and graced you and called you. And it's your race. And He believes in you. No matter what obstacles you're facing with God, all things are possible. You and God are the majority 
But remember, what is it going to take? It's going to take being faithful to God. It's going to be being faithful to the right relationships. And there will be right relationships that will help you grow and help you flourish and help you become. And their heart is right towards you and they believe in you. And they're there to shove you into your dream and destiny. Even when they're correcting you, it's because they love you. And it's going to bear witness in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But keep running because they're in your life to help you run. They're not in your life to hold you back. They're in your life to help you run. Run your race. You're redeemed. I don't care what age of life you are run your race because you're redeemed and now when it comes to this dream remember remember in Genesis 37 how Joseph had a dream from God and it says that his brothers hated him anyway and he had this dream from God and in this dream he said that they were going to worship him and bow down to him. And he told them. He told them about the dream. See, there are certain things you don't need to tell certain people. There's some things you need to keep on the inside of you and only share to the right people. Well, when he shared his dream, it says they hated him even more. And so that wasn't even good enough. So the next night he had another dream and now his brothers are going to bow down to him. But now mom and dad's going to bow down to him and he shares it with them. And it says they even hated him even more. <laughs> you think he would learn to keep his mouth shut, but he didn't. And so Joseph had to go through a lot of things because he opened his mouth to the wrong people. But then you go to Mary. How about when Mary in, in Luke chapter 1? Here she is. She's betrothed to, to be married to Joseph, a businessman. And, and an angel appears to her and says, Mary... You're going you're gonna to have a son, and his name's going to be called Jesus, and he's going to be great, and he's going to rule the kingdom, and he's going to restore. And, he, and, she, and the angel goes on and on and, and on. And you know what? The Bible doesn't say. And Mary got on the phone and called Aunt Mildred and said, Hey, Aunt Mildred, guess what? I'm going to give birth to God. No, she didn't get on the Internet or Facebook and Snapchat. Guess what? I had an angel today, and he said, I'm going to give birth to Jesus. No. Why? Because she had enough wisdom not to share her stuff with everybody. Just because you have something going on in your life doesn't mean everybody needs to know it. Be faithful to God. Be faithful to the right relationships. Be faithful. Paul was faithful. He was faithful. And then in Acts chapter 13, it says, They were ministering to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit said to the other men of God around him, It said, Now separate to me Paul and Barnabas for the work I've called them to. See, you're called to do something, but between the call and the separation to step out and do it, there's going to be faithfulness. There's going to be proving time. There's going to be character building. There's going to be stewardship involved. It doesn't happen overnight. 1 Samuel 16, David gets anointed king. He didn't go get his business cards and says, next king of Israel, here comes David. He, no, he didn't put it on Facebook. He didn't, do the, he didn't go to the billboards. What did he do? He was faithful with his dad's sheep. He was faithful with Saul in the palace. He was faithful 15 years before he stepped in and began to do what he knew in his heart he was anointed by God to do. What is the key ingredient? Be faithful. Run your race and be faithful. Know your gifts and be faithful. Know your passions and be faithful. Know what you know and do something with it. Be faithful. What is God wanting us to know? That He has a race for us. What is God wanting us to know? That He gifted us. He graced us. We didn't earn it. We didn't work for it. It's just our responsibility to develop it. He wants us to know that He has a race. He redeemed us to run our race. He's given us the grace. He's given us the faith. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the name of Jesus. He's given us the blood of Jesus. He's given us the right relationships in our life. Make a decision tonight. I'm going to please God, and I'm going to be the best me that I can be. Let's keep making a difference. This is Trey Johnson. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for letting me be in your home, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.